What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Miami Heat in Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Final score, 104-93. to A bit of a, a, a lower-scoring game for sure. Uh, kind of a surprise, I would say, but... Uh, it, it does not surprise me. The game ones get weird, especially especially in the NBA Finals. And you take it any way you can get it. That's that's for sure. Uh, it was really, really cool to be in that building. I was very excited uh, up in the third deck. And, and that's it's not my favorite spot to be because, like, uh, for obvious reasons, I, I just have a lot that I'm trying to consume and trying to watch and do my job. But... Uh, was still very cool to be there. Was still very cool to be there for this moment. Uh, it was a great moment. And you could feel the energy building even as you're walking into the arena. It was so nice uh, to see everybody buzzing about the Nuggets, to see everybody buzzing about what was going to happen. What's Jimmy going to do? How is Jokic going to do? How are these like? How are these teams going to match up? And then Denver, they really set the tone in that first quarter by attacking the rim Every single time. They did not let Miami off the hook for starting small. They did not let them off the hook at all for making those choices. And every choice is going to come with consequences. I I think Miami was hoping to uh, generate that spacing and and to be able, like when they have to go small, they can go to that zone. And and it did some good things for sure. But it was still really nice uh, to be able to see Denver handle this moment with ease. And it's awesome to be able to watch Nikola Jokic. Like, that's just, I think, my first takeaway from this thing is that he, like, I, he was the guy I was least concerned about, for sure, when it comes to how is Nikola Jokic going to handle this moment? Is he going to be able to stand up for the, for the pressure? Like, what, what is the, the glitz and glamour of the finals, the, uh, the aura of the finals? How is that going to affect him? It didn't affect Jokic one bit. Like, he he's just that dude. And it was very, very cool to see him play his game in front of the NBA audience. And I think a lot of people, despite the fact that he took three shots in the first half, despite the fact that he took five shots in three quarters, he played his game and showcased to the entire NBA what it means to play his game. And it was very cool. He set a record with 14 assists by a center, the most in NBA Finals history. Previous high was set by Bill Russell back in 1969. This is a record that has stood 
for 44 years. And Jokic, or actually it's uh, 54 years, 54 years, over half a century. And Jokic just broke it in his first finals game. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, how cool is that? How cool is that? Like, if you're a Nuggets fan, you've got to be elated. you got to be elated that this is the guy that you get to root for every single night. And his ability to take what the defense gives him, not be affected by anything that's going on, to absolutely control the game despite him not taking many shots, it was super, super cool. Uh, that's just who he is. And the Miami Heat did not know how to handle it at the beginning of the game. I, I think they grew a little bit more accustomed to what was happening. But there were points of this game where Jokic was just diming everybody up. He had six assists in the first uh, first quarter. He had 10 assists in the first half. I'm not sure what he had at the end of the third quarter, but it just felt like he was always doing something to make his teammates better. And that was extremely cool. Uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it for sure. And I am I'm just really excited about this for him. Like this is this is something that he deserves. This is a moment that he has deserved for a long time. And and I think everybody gets to look at his game a little bit more holistically, a little bit more like uh, just with with less vitriol when it comes to the NBA Finals. Like everybody's just more curious about what he's going to look like. And tonight he put up in 40 minutes, put up 27 points, 14 rebounds, 10 or 14 assists, 10 rebounds, one steal, one block. I feel like he had even more than that too. Uh, but just a lot of great things for him. Uh, didn't lead the team in rebounding. That was Michael Porter Jr. Uh, had some help in the in the scoring department. Of, obviously, that's how you get the 14 assists. But he still led the team in scoring despite the fact that he took 12 shots that fourth quarter where. I don't remember what the actual number of points that he had in the uh, in the third quarter, like through three, but he had what felt like a lot in the fourth quarter where the team, they got a little bit bothered by the zone that Miami was playing, by some of the, in, the very aggressive and attacking defense that Miami was playing. Denver didn't get the ball into the middle of the floor for a while. Jokic came out, I, th- I think, at the seven-minute mark or so, then came back in at the five-minute mark. And ultimately, when he came right back in, things kind of settled down and he was able to get Denver great shots. And most of them were his own shots. Finished the game with 12 total. but had 27 points because he got to the free throw line 12 times. That is exactly what you need from your superstar. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Uh, There are some things that I think are going to normalize a little bit. Miami, they only attempted two free throws like that. We'll we'll talk about that in the third segment for sure. Uh, But Denver takes 20. They were more aggressive. They were the team that was attacking the paint a lot more consistently. And I thought that Jokic was, of course, a big part of that, whether he was scoring or passing. Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray deserves a ton of credit as well. He started this game off really hot, just just very, very uh, consistently and and just hitting the shots that he needed to hit. Uh, Hit a three in the second quarter, I'm pretty sure. But most of the times, most of the buckets that he got were right at the rim and they were off of back cuts. They were off of screening actions. Uh, he scored the first points of the game off of a contested layup where he went up and double clutched. Uh, that was a good uh, piece of thing, uh, good stuff from him for sure. And it's just very, very exciting to see him be able to be in this moment and, and to be able to have a really strong game. 26 points for Jamal 
10 assists, 6 rebounds. Did have three turnovers, but when you have a ten to three assist to turnover ratio, I'm not gonna not gonna bother with it. I uh, have played forty four minutes, led the team with forty four. That's a crazy number. Now, it might be a little bit too high if we're being honest. Like that could be something that I'd at least be a little bit concerned about deeper into the series. But the great thing about the finals is that you have multiple days off between every single game, uh, except for games three and four. So Denver is going to have to manage that at least a little bit, but I do think that with the way that Murray's playing, 26 points and 10 and 10 assists is really, really impressive. Uh, he and Jokic are controlling a whole heck of a lot. There are other opportunities for guys to step up when they need to, but Murray is clearly ready for this moment. Murray is clearly somebody who has been rearing to go, wanting to do this for a long time, and he's not going to be bothered by the pressure. There were a couple of open shots that he missed. Uh, not going to lie, I think there there were some that he he probably wishes that he had back. Uh, but he was very conscious of balancing between his aggressiveness as a scorer and his aggressiveness as a playmaker for others. Uh, he attacked in transition really well and set up teammates. He set up KCP for one of his threes. And there's just a lot to like about what Murray was able to do tonight. Uh, between him and Jokic, they had 24 assists. That's usually great for a full team. And Denver had 29 as a team, so it's not like they, like those guys were really hogging the ball when it came to the actual assist op- opportunities. But it never felt like the ball got really sticky with either of the two of them, except for at a couple of points where Denver was trying to attack the Miami zone without Jokic in the fourth quarter. I thought that there were a couple of times that Murray needed to get downhill a little bit. He raised his hand on one possession where he kind of dominated the ball for a little bit and then it ended in a miss. Uh, raising it as in uh, I'm at fault here for for that particular possession. But uh, look, like in terms of a game one report card, like Jokic gets probably a, a B plus a minus. I think that there was part of the design of this game was to allow Bam to attack him one on one, and and Bam had 25 shots and only hit 13 of them, so could be worse. Uh, I I would say, but. Uh, with Murray, I think he probably also gets about a B-plus as well. Missed a couple shots he'd want to have back. There were a couple of defensive plays that he didn't make. But by and large, his impact on this game was really, really high. And the baseline for him is just so much higher now than what it was, I think, at the beginning of the playoffs, where people didn't really know what to expect from him. And he has stepped in and just been an absolute laser-focused killer. And his ability to step up in this moment and, and make sure that Denver never really got down as a really, really big deal. Had 18 points and four assists in the first half, had only eight points in the second half, but had six assists and, and really kind of flipped his paradigm a little bit. That is perfectly fine. No issues with that. And I do think that like Denver's in a great spot with, between him and Jokic, just like either of those guys could be the primary playmaker. And Jokic is obviously going to get a ton of that credit, deservedly so. But Murray's passing, I've noted it for a long time this season. Murray's passing made a leap, and his numbers just continue to get better as a pure point guard. And just being able to see the floor and and make good decisions with the basketball, like he sees it. He's a smart, cerebral player. And him being able to turn into a pure point guard, it allows Denver to have games like this where you can have both of those guys dominate the ball and then they spray it around and make the other decisions uh, for those guys. So 
Good stuff from Jamal. Made a lot of great plays. And finally, in the first segment, let's talk about Aaron Gordon. The beginning of this game was about AG. He was physical. He was dominant in that paint. A lot of it came off of back cuts and and opportunities where he he got switched onto a small player. And then that guy just had no chance, whether it was Gabe Vincent, whether it was uh, Caleb Martin, whether it was Max Struess, guys like that. They didn't really attack Jimmy as often in that matchup, but I, I was like, they probably could have if they wanted to. I just think that they wanted to seek out some better matchups, and they found those initially in that first quarter. AG finished the game with 16 points, but he had 12 of those points in the first quarter alone, 12 points and four rebounds. And, and his ability, I think, to step up in that moment, really get Denver off the ground a bit, uh, that was very, very helpful. Jokic was very comfortable operating as the facilitator, not necessarily having to be the aggressive guy. And Gordon was very happy to oblige and, and take over in his role, which at that point was to dominate on the inside. And whether it was as a rebounder, as a crasher, as a duck-in guy, like he was just uh, very, very impressive on that and really stepped up in that regard. Uh, also, Jimmy Butler, 38 minutes, only 13 points. 6 of 14 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, had zero free throw attempts. That is a great game for Aaron Gordon. And his ability, I think, to defend without fouling against Jimmy, coax him into passes to other guys, that's a a really, really big deal. Miami started hitting some of those shots with with Denver giving some extra help uh, towards the the second half and, and really towards the end of the game. But I do think that Gordon, for what it's worth, like, I think he dissuaded Butler from attacking him personally. There was less attacking Gordon. There was more attacking Murray and KCP and even Michael Porter, although we'll talk about him in the second segment. But AG did his job absolutely a beast, blocked a three-pointer at one point, and, and just like deserves a ton of credit. It was a plus 15 in this game in his 36 minutes, and the Nuggets are going to need more of that. That's just what they're going to have to get. So really, really good. Um, we've got a, we've got a troll in the, in the comment section, which I'm not, not sure why said person is here, but, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to say, dude. Like Denver's Denver, I think is a better team. That's fine. But is what it is. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Michael Porter. We're going to talk about a, what I thought was the actual defensive player of the game tonight and what he was able to contribute. Uh, Just a fantastic game for Michael Porter. We'll get to it on the other side. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Colorado app in the app stores. Enter the promo code MILEHIGH and you get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll.
pickaxe and roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in i think the last time i did a superbook read after uh last night's podcast i think i said take murray and the points if if i if i recall uh, murray had 26 i'm not sure if that was uh the actual over for him or not uh but denver i think did hit their uh they they hit the spread uh they they covered is what i'm trying to say uh so hey might, might know what I'm talking about on this one. Like Denver, Denver was in a pretty good position, and, and I thought Murray maybe even missed some shots that he probably should have hit. So, really good things coming from him. Really good things coming from the Nuggets. Uh, but let's now talk about MPJ, who, when he steps up on defense, you know that things are going well for Denver. You know that things are 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 in a really good spot because I don't think you ever really fully expect Porter to be like a, a massive impact guy when it comes to stepping up on the defensive end. Like, he, he can hold his own. He can, he can definitely do some things. But tonight, he had two blocks, I'm pretty sure, in the first half, had 13 rebounds, including 11 offensive rebounds, and made that a very clear point that he was going to try to attack the glass. And I thought that his defense switching on to various players, especially in that first half, was really, really good. Second half, just kind of going back through that clips when I got through the clips when I got home, I think he had some issues, um, just just getting out to three point shooters, making sure to contest and, and and get all the way out there. But hey, he took a weird fall in that second quarter and also played forty three minutes. So I do think that he gets a little bit of a pass. But even when he went two of eleven from three, the Nuggets were plus twenty twenty. In his minutes on the court, that means in the five minutes that he sat, they were a minus nine because they won this game by eleven. Uh, that to me is hilarious, and it shows up in a lot of that. Like his ability to consistently impact the game in a positive way in these playoffs has been really, really fascinating. There have been a couple times where it's, it's fallen through the cracks, but I do think that overall, Porter has proven that he's more than just a shooter. And especially on games like tonight, where the shot's not dropping, might be a little bit out of rhythm, you've got to find other ways to contribute. And he absolutely did. There was one play right at the end of the third quarter where he switches on to Jimmy Butler, who is seeking him out for some reason. Like he's he, trying to run some action to make sure that he gets an isolation on MPJ. Uh, Butler goes baseline, doesn't really get anywhere, passes the ball out to Duncan Robinson in the corner. Who pump fakes gets his defender off the off the off his feet, and then tries to relocate for another three. I don't remember who the defender was, but MPJ continues when he's following Butler out to the corner right at the end of the clock and contests that shot too, which is just it's something that you would never see from Michael Porter. The ability to continue to make that kind of a play and to go outside of your window, outside of your own personal responsibility, and then make a play like that defensively that saves points. Uh, Miami didn't get any points on that possession, and maybe that that changes the game if they're able to get a buzzer beater right at the end of the third. So really impressive stuff from uh, Michael Porter on the defensive end. I, I was really happy with the way that he did it. And Nuggets fans, I think, have been complaining a little bit about the amount of minutes that MPJ has played, even in the playoffs at various points. Uh, that's really gone up. Like 43 minutes is a crazy number. It's the second most, second highest number on the team behind Murray's 44. 
And it's, it was great to see him be able to handle that. Now, we'll see whether he can get his legs under him as a shooter going forward. But I do think that Porter deserves a ton of credit for not being the guy that Miami feels like they can pick on. Or maybe they feel like they can, but they scored 93 points. And that's, a, I think, a big deal where they got some open threes, but a lot of the threes that they got also had a contest from Michael Porter Jr. in the general vicinity. I think he contested a lot of shots really well, grabbed a lot of rebounds, made a lot of plays, and just did a lot of positive things for Denver. Really good stuff. Last in the starting lineup, KCP. Uh, not his best night, I, I would say. I think that there were definitely plays that I think he'd like to have back. I think the Nuggets would like to have back. Uh, a couple of open threes, whether he's in a kickout uh, from the zone. He's, a, he's the guy that I think has to step up in those moments because when, when that defense is going into the zone, they are focusing so heavily on Jokic and then so heavily on Murray that they have to track those guys pretty much wherever they go in, in the middle of the floor. When KCP's on the edge of it, whether he's in the corner or on the wing, he has to find the soft spot of that zone. And sometimes that comes from relocating. Sometimes that comes from uh, just, just standing there and waiting for the shot to come. And he, he missed a couple of shots that I think he'd like to have back. But overall, seven points, three of eight from the field, one of three from three. Did miss a couple of free throws. That, that was the thing that I was, I was thinking about for sure with him. Uh, just got to make the free throws. So it was very abnormal for him to miss a pair. Uh, it's usually been about 80% or better in his, in his season with Denver so far. So that was probably abnormal. Uh, but made some good plays defensively, had a couple of nice deflections, had a steal, and uh, you, you just want him to continue to do more of that. Uh, if he's going to get more open threes due to the way that the Miami Heat are defending Jokic and the way that they're defending Murray, those guys are going to spray the ball all over the all over the floor. KCP's going to benefit from that. He's got to step up in that moment for sure. Played 36 minutes, and that's a, that's a big number for sure as well, so... Not as much coming from the bench, uh, but that's fine because Denver's starting lineup is freaking awesome. Uh, that's what you're hoping for with him. You you want him to pick and choose his moments, and he did make a nice play uh, in the fourth quarter, receiving the ball, uh, shot making, and then dribbling into the middle of the floor for a leaning two-pointer uh, that, that he hits, and it kind of stems the tide a little bit for when the Heat were trying to make a bit of a run. Uh, that didn't ultimately happen, though, and I am excited about his ability to, hey, it may not have happened in game one, but he has the ability to hit four or five threes in game two. So maybe that's what happens, and maybe Denver fans can can look forward to that for sure. Next is Bruce Brown, who uh, had a really nice stretch in that second half, especially that third quarter. Uh, there were a lot of times where the Heat just did not respect him, where they left him open for three. He hit a couple of those, uh, two of three from three tonight. Also hit a couple floaters, and those were big plays in that third quarter, especially kind of taking that lead from what was a, at one point, it was about a 15-point lead, and then they pushed it up to about a 24-point lead. And Bruce was instrumental in that in making sure that they got to that point. He finished a plus one, uh, did have three turnovers, and probably uh, needs to clean that up just a little bit in his 21 minutes, but had a steal had two assists, had five rebounds, did a lot of good things as kind of a, a productive member of that bench. 
Uh, most of Denver's production came from the starting unit. They're going to need even more from Bruce going forward. There are going to be some times where he's going to have to take 10 shots, where he's going to have to take 12 shots. Uh, I think they'll probably need something from Jeff Green at various points as well, Christian Brown. Uh, but we will see whether that's actually true or not. Uh, but like there was a there was a lineup that Denver had with Bruce Brown out there that was Murray, KCP, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, I think, and then Nikola Jokic. And it wasn't good. It wasn't a good lineup at the beginning of that fourth quarter. Uh, Denver tried it at least for a little bit. It didn't work. They put back in Michael Porter for Jeff Green, and then that had a little bit more success. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bruce Brown-Jeff Green combo, when uh, Miami's going zone, that could be one that Denver struggles with a bit. They're going to need to be better as cutters. They're going to need to be better as floor spacers. And when you have both of those guys on the floor that kind of like to operate in the same general places within the zone, uh, that could be at least an issue. I do think that Bruce, he has to be definitive. He has to try to get all the way to the rim. Can't just settle for the floater all the time. It will benefit him greatly if he gets more uh, depth uh, into the paint and gets all the way to the rim. Bam Adebayo not really changing his shots, I don't think. Bam had zero blocks. Caleb Martin had a block. Jimmy Butler had a block. Gabe Vincent had a block. Haywood Highsmith had a block. But four blocks isn't really changing anything, I don't think. Like, you're, you're not really being deterred, I would say. And so if Bruce can find opportunities to knife all the way to the rim, then he should try to take them. Uh, just because that'll help him get to the free throw line as well. And he's been shooting such a great percentage in these final or in these playoffs, knock on wood, uh, that I think that, that that would benefit him for sure. But just a, a great slasher when it comes to it. Two more before we hit another break here. Jeff Green, uh, eleven minutes had a nice jump hook. I do that's that's what I really remember from Jeff Green's game. I do also remember one of the plays that he had. I think it was a, a pass to Jokic after it was kicked out to Jeff Green. And then Jeff Green drove from the left corner into the paint. And I was waiting for him to just hammer it down. Just absolutely bring the house down. Didn't end up doing it because uh, probably, I think it was Kyle Lowry who was in his way about to take a charge. And instead he dumps it off. And uh, I think Jokic got fouled on that play. So not not the end of the world. but. Uh, Jeff's going to have to continue finding ways to be aggressive and helpful. Four points tonight, two of three from the field, 11 minutes, just one rebound. I do think that, look, Denver won the rebounding battle 45-43. to 43. Uh, Miami, they had some offensive rebounding advantages. Uh, Jeff played center uh, for the second unit in that uh, first half, I'm pretty sure. Don't think he ever played it in the second half, but it's just one of those things that He's going to have to step up in that moment because I don't think anybody on Denver can really do that job. So we will see what it ultimately looks like with him. But uh, I'm still hoping that that Jeff continues to hammer hammer something in the finals. Like I, I think that he has an opportunity, whether there's a whether it's the zone, whether it's uh, just scrambling defense to absolutely put somebody on a poster and really change the momentum of the game. Also, if they're going zone, he's got to have the confidence and willingness to take the open three when it comes to him in the corner. And he's going to be there at times. And that shot is going to probably be slightly contested. Probably not going to be the perfect look, but he's going to have to knock it down at some point. And if he can, 
then Denver will benefit from it greatly for sure. Um, we will see. Why are all of these? <laughs> why are all these Heat fans coming into this thing? Uh, no, there's a Lakers fan. There's a Lakers fans for sure. They say Nuggets fans need to humble themselves. Why? <laughs> why in the world would Nuggets fans need to humble themselves right now? There's just no reason. They're they're up one zero in the NBA Finals with home court. Like, what are we doing? The Lakers, we don't need to even talk about the Lakers. Like the Lakers don't matter right now. They're just they're just out. Like anybody still talking like words of Michael Malone, anybody still talking about the Lakers right now is like just living in the past. So is what it is. And finally, Christian Brown. Back in the rotation tonight, only played eight minutes, uh, didn't do anything crazy. Uh, had an assist that I don't remember at all. Had a one rebound. I don't remember it at all. Uh, I remember the missed shot that he had. He went 0 of 1. And I remember the turnover that he had. Uh, he did have some good defensive possessions, uh, some of which came against Jimmy Butler, some of which came against, I think it was uh, Caleb Martin, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, Christian's going to have to, like, he, he doesn't really have the trust right now. He's got to kind of work his way back into it. And there was one play that he had in that first quarter. I think he had just gotten into the game where he tipped the pass, ran all the way down the floor, dove on the floor like it's 1947, and just absolutely slid into a, a, a like 19, 1970s UCLA or whatnot and slid all the way into the baseline out of bounds, which was really, really funny. Uh, but I do think in, in general, Christian's going to have to find some time here because Look at the numbers that look at the numbers that uh, Denver starting lineup are putting up. Murray had 44 minutes, Porter had 43, KCP at 36, AG at four at 36, and those guys were the low low points. Bruce Brown he'll probably play more than 21 minutes at some point too, uh, but I do think that Christian Brown's probably got to try to get up to about 10, uh, give them 10 solid minutes because this is a this is a team that he can do that against like. They are going to go zone against them, especially when Bruce and Jeff are also on the court. That did happen in that second quarter. And I thought that Denver was fine in that stretch. It's why Christian was only a minus one in his eight minutes, and that wasn't that bad. Jeff was a minus eight for what it's worth in his 11th. But I do think that Christian, like he, he can uh, he can make an impact. Got a little bit of a rookie whistle. The, the two fouls that he had weren't fantastic. Uh, but I do think that. Uh, I do think that he's got to play. I do think that he's got to find some time because he can make a difference for sure. All right. I think we should take another break. But when we come back, uh, that's pretty much it for the individual players. We'll talk about surprises in game one and and various things that could change or could stay the same in game one as well. But first, uh, Mile High Sports, company that I, I that are right for, that I podcast for, that you're on that YouTube channel. They're doing great stuff right now, and uh, part of this is the NBA Finals coverage. We've got multiple people going to the finals that are getting good social content, that are getting good, uh, really good video content for sure, and just covering this team as best as they possibly can. So if you're interested and you want to subscribe, not subscribe, but like just make sure to follow what Mile High Sports is doing, whether it's on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, YouTube here. We are very close to 2K subscribers. That would be super dope. Uh, make sure to push us over the top there. That would be fantastic if you see it. 
Uh, but Mile High Sports is the one for you if you're looking for great content, whether it's uh, Nuggets right now, or it's Broncos going forward, or it's Rockies or Avs. Uh, there's plenty of content to go around, and we will have it all there. Every team, every day, Mile High Sports. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to give us a like if you are watching in the YouTube side of things. Really appreciate it all, even if there are some trolls hopping in. Uh, that is hilarious. Um, Adam Hurley, nobody is saying the series is over. Like, nobody's saying that. It's just, that's not, like, you're certainly not hearing it from me. So, like, it is what it is. It's just, there's no, there is no need, uh, I don't think. Just none. Um, Let's get into surprises in game one. Uh, I, I mentioned a couple already. I didn't think that this would be a low-scoring game. I, I guess it's not surprising in retrospect. It is still surprising, but it's not like wild in retrospect that it was a low-scoring game. Miami, you knew that they would probably struggle on the offensive end, uh, just trying to get accustomed to altitude. Had a long series that they just played in seven games against Boston. That was grueling for them. That was tough. Uh, give them all the credit in the world for for making this competitive towards the end, but uh, I think that like they'll they'll probably recover from that. Like that's that's something that they will adjust to, and they'll be better in game two. Uh, but one of the surprises that stands out to me: Bam Adebayo has twenty five shots, and Jimmy Butler has fourteen. That's one where like that feels that feels like a really bad ratio if you are the Heat. Like you want Bam to be aggressive, you want him to continue to prove that he's a guy that has to be guarded consistently. But the Nuggets are going to live with that. If, if Bam in his 40 minutes is going to shoot 25 times, it means that the Heat are not getting up other three-pointers. And honestly, like so much of their game plan in this one was either getting the ball into the middle for Bam or spraying it out to three. And there were no other guys that really attacked the rim consistently. Jimmy settled for... Uh, mid-rangers a ton and, and hit some for sure, but like didn't have a lot of that. And and most of the time he was spending his time spray, uh, spraying it out for threes or dumping it off to Bam in the middle. That, that to me is not a great recipe for success. I thought that the best possessions that the Miami Heat had were when Bam was facilitating and he was creating on back cuts. He was creating for Jimmy uh, as a, as a uh, passer. And I'm surprised that they ended up doing this the way that they did. Also, Max Struess, 0 of 10 from the field, 0 of 9 from 3. That feels like a pretty big surprise. Not surprised that he only played 21 minutes. But the fact that he got up 9 threes in 21 minutes, that's at least a concern, I would say. He didn't make any of them. And that, to me, should be concerning for the Heat, too. But you would say that shot variance probably goes back into their favor going forward. Uh, but the other... Free throws, the free throw disparity, 20, 20 for Denver and two for the Heat. And honestly, like just thinking back on the game, I can't think of a ton of opportunities where uh, Denver fouled or like, like did Miami get bad calls? I don't think so. 
I, I don't think so at all. I think that uh, Denver mostly just defended without fouling. They didn't show their like, they showed their hands. They didn't contest some of the shots around the rim. They didn't contest some of the, the two point jumpers, the floaters, the in that general area. And, and they allowed Miami to take a lot of those shots. And then some of them were made. Most of them were missed. And that's sometimes just how the cookie crumbles. Uh, but there were not a ton of shots. Just looking at the shot chart right now, lots of stuff at the dotted circle and not a lot in the restricted area, which that to me is not a surprise. So now Miami did not have a lot of good uh, luck from those spots. But to me, like that, that's something that was surprising to me. And whether that changes or not, that remains to be seen. And because you're shooting from the dotted line as opposed to in the restricted area, you're less likely to get fouls. So that's just how it is. And I thought that Denver did a good job without foul. Hmm. What will change going forward? What's something that will change? I mean, I do think that Miami will make a more concerted effort to get to the free throw line. My guess is that Eric Spolstra has already got it queued up. I didn't listen to his post game. I, I haven't heard anything like that, but I got to imagine that he probably made mention of the free throw disparity. It's like, wow, really hard to win when you've only got two free throws compared to 20 for the opposing team. That's, that's just very difficult. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Uh, I think that that will probably change. I think that Butler will probably be more aggressive. He'll try to drive into the teeth of the defense. Whether he's successful with that or not remains to be seen. Uh, I think there's a, at least a fair perspective to be had that Butler, he does look still a little bit banged up, like he's not as explosive. And he never has been like the most explosive guy. But one of the things that always stands out when he plays against Denver is that he can outquick them and just wasn't really doing that against Aaron Gordon. So maybe that's just AG being more locked in, or maybe that's Jimmy Butler being more calculated. Maybe that he knows that this is going to be a long series. And he's trying to bide his time. Uh, but I do think that actually, I mean, that seems seems like it's putting uh, thoughts into like something that may not be there. But I do think that there, there's a far likelihood, a uh, far more likely chance that he's going to take more than 14 shots and more than zero free throws going forward in this one. Uh, but other thing, uh, yeah, uh, Casey Mack says Butler ankle is still bothering him. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like it just wouldn't. Like it, it didn't feel like he made his imprint on the game, and was mostly just uh, floating around the top of the the dotted line, like or near the free throw line, and spraying it out to three point shooters or dumping it down to Bam. Like it wasn't his best job, and, and like he'll have a couple of days to try to get healthier here, and maybe even a little bit more accustomed to the altitude. Maybe that helps. Maybe he will be in a better spot at that regard. Uh, another thing that's definitely going to change, Michael Porter's just going to hit more than 2 of 11 from 3. Like, Denver shot 8 of 27 as a team. Murray shot 2 of 7. That's probably, like, that That could happen again. There's no doubt in my mind that that could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. Uh, or at least not consistently. Porter's not going to consistently go 2 of 11. He had some great looks. Usual looks that he hits and, and he was hitting consistently throughout these playoffs. He was, he's been a 40% three-point shooter throughout these playoffs and takes tough shots. I thought that some of the shots that he had tonight, relatively simple, uh, just within the flow of whatever the zone was giving. And I thought that he missed a couple that he probably would like back. Um, that, to me, will probably change. I think he's, he's just better than 
was it, 18%? Like, he's just better than that. And, and Denver as a team is a better shooting team than 8 of 27 from 3. They didn't have to do anything too crazy because they were attacking the rim and they were doing a great job of getting to the paint and getting to the free throw line. Those were great things that they were able to do. But they still only scored 104 points because their three-point shooting was not great. Uh, Miami did a good job of preventing them from those shots. And that's something that, that that's got to change if Denver wants to win. Like They're not going to win a ton of games going forward if they only put up 104 because I think that Miami will probably put up more than 104 in 60 to 75% of the games that they play against Denver going forward, whether that's 3, 4, 5, whatever. Uh, I think that they'll be better. Like, they'll be better scoring. So Denver has to be better scoring too. But the great thing is that we know that Denver's capable of that. They have a great offense. Like there's no reason to believe that Miami has shut down Denver. A lot of this is what Denver's personality is an offensive team is they absorb information, and sometimes they'll be a little bit slow uh, when they're when they are faced with something that they haven't really seen before. So maybe the zone is part of that. Maybe that's just something that Denver's got to be a little bit better doing. And I think that they will. I, I like Porter's going to be better. Murray's going to be better. It's their first NBA Finals. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they shot five of eleven or four of seven, and that just completely changes the tenor of this game. So that's one thing. What else will change? What else will change? Um, Kevin Love did not play. Uh, I wonder if that's something that might shift at some point. Cody Zeller did play and was pretty ineffective, although there was one turnover that he forced, where I think one of the passes that Bruce Brown had uh, was a, a yoke. It, it should have been a Jokic turnover, in my opinion, because he, he just was kind of nonchalantly trying to get the ball and realized, oh, crap, it's not where where I thought it was. And then that ball just went out of bounds. Uh, so Cody Zeller, at that point, he was pressuring and then did a pretty good job of bothering Jokic all the way up the floor um, and then maybe caused that turnover from mental fatigue, just not necessarily think about certain things. I don't know. But I do think that that, that was a very abnormal thing from Jokic. Uh, do I think that Cody Zeller is a Jokic answer? No. Did it look like it at all at any point in time tonight? No. Uh, Cody Zeller was only a minus five, though, and like, but it was minus five in eight minutes. So that's something that they're going to have to figure out. Bam played 40. Cody Zeller played eight. Wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Love tries to play a little bit more. And I, I think that they should be trying to space it out. I honestly do. Like They should be trying to go five out and, and really make Denver work. And then you just double Jokic. You try to like surprise them that way and then have Jokic defending Kevin Love. And then Kevin Love tries to bomb away from three. That would be what I would recommend. But that may or may not happen. Well, we will see. We will see. Um, Let's see. What stays the same? What happened tonight that we think is going to continue to happen going forward? I think that the Heat are going to continue taking a bunch of threes. They took 39 threes tonight, which is a ton. I don't know how that compares in actuality to the number of threes that they took against Boston, but it feels like that's more, feels like that's a, a higher number than what they're used to doing. Uh, and I think that that's going to have to continue to happen. Like they will still try to get to the free throw line as well. Like that, that's going to probably change. But what's going to stay the same is they're going to try to bomb away from three with their shooters 
and hope that a guy like Max Cruz doesn't go 0 of 9. Like Duncan Robinson as well, only went 1 of 5. He missed one badly. Like the, there are some things that you would think that a team with good enough shooters like the Heat would adjust in this case. But I do think that the types of shots that they're going to get are the same. And, and some of them were open. Some of them were contested. And I thought Denver did a pretty good job defensively. Like you don't do a bad job defensively and hold the team to 93. Uh, but I do think that Denver did some good things. And that's going to lead to some threes. It's going to lead. And so if Miami hits those shots, then this game's a little bit, a little bit more questionable. Uh, but they shot 13 of 39. If they shoot 16 of 39, Denver still wins. And that's uh, 40%. So take that with a grain of salt, everybody. Um, what else stays the same? I think the Jokic and Murray will continue to have high assist totals. I don't think that that's changing. I think that Murray is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I think the Jokic, obviously, is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. That is going to continue to happen. And Porter, Gordon, KCP, those guys are going to benefit from spraying the ball to the three-point line or ducking in for dunks and things like that, that's going to happen. Like I don't see any reason why Jokic and Murray would average anything less than a combined 18 to 20 assists in this series. They had 24 tonight, which feels high, but I do think that they're going to be major focal points for Denver. Wouldn't surprise me if Jokic averaged about 10 and Murray averaged about 8. And so maybe in a cup in a loss or two, then they have lower numbers than that. And they're gonna have to pick it up as individual scores, and maybe that's not the right call. But I do think that ten assists for Jokic, eight assists for Murray, that sounds about right. They're at fourteen and ten respectively. Uh that's gonna keep going. Like the way that they play, the way that the Miami Heat defend, I do think that that's gonna continue to uh, happen, like just going forward. And finally. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I think he's going to continue having great matchups on the interior against the Miami Heat, unless Jimmy Butler is on him more consistently. And that could change. Like Jimmy may decide, like they may decide to put Jimmy on AG a little bit sooner, and then he's going to battle him a little bit more. That's a win for Denver, in my opinion, because the more work you have Jimmy Butler doing, the less he's going to have to give on the offensive end. And like he didn't have to do too terribly much in the Boston series from a defensive perspective. Like they were able to, like, and he did have some good times uh, defending Jason Tatum and guys like that. But like he, he didn't start on those guys for an obvious reason. Like they wanted to keep him as fresh as possible. So if he has to take on a tough job in this series, and Aaron Gordon makes him work on that end, that's going to benefit Denver a lot. Like you, you just want to sap as much energy. Kind of like LeBron, kind of like Anthony Davis. You want to sap as much energy from those guys as possible because this is a marathon and not a sprint. Like Denver being able to take this game, even without shooting well, even like trying to adjust to some things, that's a really good thing. Uh, Miami has taken every single game one up until this point. And so them being able to get this win over Miami was a big, big deal. Uh, so I think that Gordon's going to keep having a big time series on the interior. And I think Porter's actually going to, it's going to be very similar to, like, he may not average 10 rebounds a game. I think he's the average 13 assists now. But I do think that with Jokic being tied up with Bam, like, he's going to have to contest a lot of his shots. Tonight, Jokic only had 10 rebounds, and he didn't have any offensive rebounds. That That's honestly probably something that will change going forward. Like, he'll, he'll be better on the offensive glass. 
though I do think Miami was very detailed in trying to prevent him from getting those offensive rebounds. I just think it's going to be tough for them to stop him. He, he's he's going to go, and that will probably be something that changes. But in terms of what's staying the same, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter, Nikola Jokic, that is a really tough-as-nails front court for Miami to try to deal with uh, from a physical standpoint. And I don't see anything that Miami can consistently do that's going to bother Denver in that regard. So we will see what it looks like. Um, but I am extremely excited. I, I think that Denver at this point, I, I think they're, of course, in the driver's seat at this. Like this series could still flip. There's no doubt about that. Like Denver still needs to take care of business and try to win game two on Sunday. Uh, but the good news is that they got the first one. They got the first game that they needed to. And if you take care of home court and you win game two, it puts all the pressure on Miami to defend their own home court. And you could try to steal one, maybe even two, like in Miami. And there's an opportunity for Denver to do that as well. So a lot of pressure on both teams in game two. There will be adjustments. I will talk about that tomorrow with Anilo Piro. Going to be very interesting. Uh, actually, it may not be tomorrow. Maybe Saturday. But either way. Uh, Michael can't that outro music for us. I think that is going to do it uh, for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's a late night show. I know that like, given that I'm doing a whole bunch of work at the arena, I still wanted to get a podcast up and make sure that everybody sees this this night. And then hopefully it continues to build going forward in the day. It would mean the world to me if you could share this out, share this with your Nuggets friends, try to grow this audience as much as possible, doing this as as best as I possibly can, and I want to do it for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hit that like button on the way out. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday.